Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Business Podcast. I'm your host Emma Lavelle and this is an impromptu podcast episode. I was not planning on recording it um, until later this week but I just got really excited uh, about, about the idea and I wanted to share it with you and I've been recording all of the little bite-sized lessons in the English edit which is my a new membership which is for English as a second language users who kind of yeah I, I wanted to design like a language learning membership that I would want to do <laughs> where you don't feel like a student so I did it and it's going out tomorrow morning and even though I'm pretty sweaty and disgusting because it's been yeah sorry I always do that I always look out the window when I'm talking about the weather with a face that looks like a kind of dog <laughs> looking at the door when people are leaving. <laughs> yes, it's still very hot and I've been here pretty much all day. I did a really lovely walk this morning with Rita actually. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sweaty and gross and I've just finished recording all of the audios and I thought, oh, I'll do a podcast episode, I'll do it. Um, so yeah, it's I've been kind of gathering notes for this because I don't know if you're on my email newsletter but a few weeks ago I wrote about having this intention to create a climate positive business even though I didn't know how I was going to do it and I got some really amazing emails back with ideas and um, resources and suggestions from different people which was super cool I have to say one of the most exciting things is getting an email back from a newsletter because sometimes you're like, is anyone reading this? I don't know if anyone's reading this. But I can see people are reading it because I can see people have opened it, but then, I don't know, it's, it's very exciting getting an email back. So if you ever feel called to reply to an email from a newsletter that you're on, do it because you'll make somebody's day. You really will. I used to think that people who send newsletters were like these perfect business goddesses that were writing everything six months in advance <laughs> what I realized is we're all doing it on a Sunday morning <laughs> over coffee thinking oh god oh god I have to send this um so yeah when you get an email back super cool super cool so I started investigating this whole idea of like okay climate positive and what does this mean and the first direction that I went in was thinking let's review all of the different bits of software because I knew that one of the biggest problems that's going to face us like let's say we sort out the energy and we get clean energy everywhere and we go plastic free I mean whether it's good to be completely plastic free or not is actually quite debatable because well <laughs> It's, uh, it's complicated. I thought that plastic was awful and I have learned that no, very often plastic is the best tool for the job. It's less energy intensive than using glass sometimes. It's lighter in terms of posting things um, for some products. It's of course very ableist to suddenly try and remove plastic because there are lots of reasons for disabled people to, to need and to use plastic. And so yeah, after that, after all these other things, a big problem is cloud storage and, or not just cloud storage, it's servers and storing everything. So like we go paperless, but then our digital storage is now using up 
and creating enormous amounts of heat. So using up lots of energy and creating enormous amounts of heat. So I thought, okay, let's start by investigating that and looking at the climate commitments of all of the bits of software, all the digital things that my business uses. And then looking at like the ethics of, of those businesses, which, and then the next step, or rather the step before that would be applying minimalism. So tidying up and clearing my digital clutter. So I'm still in that process. Like right now, my inbox, I've got 20,000 emails in there. And I'm in the process of slowly deleting or saving the things that are really, really important and putting them in categories and getting to inbox zero. There are good reasons for that as well in terms of focus and productivity, but I'll talk about that another day. Today, let's talk about um, net positive and how to create a climate positive business because I've worked it out <laughs> and I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, inbox, tidying that, my cloud storage, tidying and clearing that up. Photographs, holy cow, I have so many photographs. Probably 9,000 of 10,000 are pictures of my dog and my previous dog. Um, and that also, I'm taking a slow approach to it because there is also part of that not wanting to get too enthusiastic and just start deleting things that actually I would like them to be saved and really being very like not militant about it, but being intentional and minimalist. So that was the first step, like, okay, cleaning up my own house and reducing what I actually need to be stored. Um, but then investigating the ethics and the sustainability practices of all the different uh, virtual and digital elements of what my business uses, and also where do they invest their money? That's a big thing as well. And yeah, so we'll come to that. So I started with that, but it still felt like very, very small. And I was feeling a bit kind of um, like a sort of lost mole <laughs> wimbling around through the earth, just kind of digging. And it felt like, okay, this is too big. I'm going to have to do this in the future when I've got more time to investigate. And on my flight back from the UK, I picked up a book is the sound of the book, What We Owe the Future by William McCaskill. I hope that's pronounced correctly. And What We Owe the Future is one of five books that I force people to read. Six books. There are six books I force people to read. Let me think if I can remember them now. Number one, The Culture Map, Erin Mayer. Please read it if you haven't read it already, if you're one of my students or clients, <laughs> and I've tried to force you to read it already. Thank you. Um, for me, it's one of the biggest possible things. One of the most amazing things in my life and privileges has been through my English teaching, and I think I counted it up. I think I've taught about 30 different nationalities, and that has expanded my world more than anything else, more than travel, more than education, it is about having these face-to-face, -face, well, digitally, I mean, it's not face-to-face, -face, virtually, conversations with people from around the world, from different cultures to mine. It has been incredible. The second, and the culture map helps you to understand, connect, and to identify how your culture might be making you perceive things 
with other people's cultures and it gives you strategies for how to deal with that. The second of the six books is, <laughs> the six books is, Gollum has taken over my voice. The second of the six books is Lost Connections, Johan Hari, which is all about um, addiction. And sorry, no, Lost Connections is not about addiction. Lost Connections is about depression and anxiety. His other book, well, he's got several books that I love, but the other book that I make people read is Chasing the Scream. And that's all about addiction and our policy on drugs and how we treat addiction. And it is really, really, really illuminating. So if you know somebody or you yourself struggle with either mental health or addiction, these books will help you a lot to support other people and to support yourself. I love them. Okay, so those are the first three. I also make people read enthusiastically. Um, it's Rutger Bregman, Utopia for Realists. Wow, so good. And then also Rutger Bregman's other book, Humankind. I'm already about to reread both of them. And now I can tell you what we owe the future is book number six. So you can imagine how fun I am at parties. Um, I am fun at parties, especially now I don't drink because I think I became more of a liability than fun previously. But there was a period where I was very fun before becoming a liability. Uh, <laughs> so what we owe the future, a word of warning, it's not a fun light book. Like it's philosophy dense, okay? So there are moments where you read it like... Um, there's some quotes on the book from, from Rutger Bregman, from Stephen Fry and from Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where he says, an optimistic look at the future that moved me to tears. And then Stephen Fry says, a book of great daring, so realistic, so optimistic, so damn readable, a miracle. I would take issue with so damn readable. It's heavy. It's a heavy book. It's a philosophy book. He really does his best to say that. Um, and as he goes through, he's fantastic because he says, like, I know this is dense and this is complex, but it's very, very important that you kind of understand the theory. Now, I am someone who dropped out of a philosophy degree. I did the first year and I just got very grumpy. And my perspective was that it was a waste of time because I believed with all the worldly knowledge that I had at 20 years old or 21 when I was there, that it was just theory and you couldn't actually apply it to real life. This book is like somebody's dropped a tank on my head and how very wrong I was. And I really think that philosophy is going to get us out of all of the problems that we have in the world right now. And I want to give you, you might be thinking I've lost my thread and why I am talking about this book to you, but it comes back to climate positive business. So there was another book in the airport that I nearly bought, which is called Net Positive, and I've actually got the audiobook and I'm listening to it as well. Um, that's all about the structure of how you can create a good business. You see Rita's crying. Rita's like, Emma, come on, come on, get to the point. However, in What We Owe the Future, there is one moment where he explains, and let me find it. I had the page and then I got excited and I flipped through and I lost it. Here we go. Basically, he talks about what we can do as individuals to really change the course of the future. So it's not just about the climate, it's also about, there are other areas like bio-warfare and artificial intelligence. 
But in terms of the environment, he says, one of the things that you can do, which is radically impactful, is to donate to an organization that are promoting innovation and that are doing very, very effective work to change this. So the example he gives is, if you donated $3,000, okay, so he says that's 10% of the income, the median income of an American. If you donated $3,000 to the Clean Air Task Force, an extremely cost-effective organization that promotes innovation in neglected clean energy technologies. He says, according to the best estimate I know of, this donation would reduce the world's carbon dioxide emissions by an expected 3,000 tonnes per year. This is far bigger than the effect of going vegetarian for your entire life. So he also says here that the funding situation is always changing. And on his website, which is Giving What We Can, he has an up-to-date list of the best charities in climate and other areas. He also says that there are good reasons to become and stay vegetarian or vegan. So by doing this, you become a better advocate for climate change mitigation and animal welfare. You're more able to avoid charges of hypocrisy. And then, of course, also you're reducing suffering. And he does lots of philosophical calculations, which... Yeah, they're very heavy. <laughs> but the exciting thing here is that by donating to specific organisations, you can massively impact and create climate positive impact. Okay, I'm saying the word impact a lot because I'm very, very excited by this. So what does this look like in terms of, if we apply this to my goal of having a service-based business and being net positive, that looks like to me, number one, making sure that I am debt free, so that I'm not paying money or interest to any organizations who are then investing that into, you know, fossil fuel organizations, or I mean, you would be astonished. I mean, you might have already investigated it, but where our money goes, pension plans, personal investments, government investments, they go to some really bad places. And <laughs> by being debt free or having debt with an organization that is already, um, it's ethical, it's sustainable, and it's considering the environment. And there's more and more of that happening. I think um, I listened to a podcast today with the guy from NEP, uh, the NEP estate, who they're big proponents of rewilding and regenerative farming they were talking about starting to create funds where you can borrow money and you can work on regenerative farming and you know there's all these different ways that finance now can start to have a very very positive impact so I'll try and put some resources but let's say for starters we get ourselves and our businesses debt free and then we allocate an amount of either our profit or you can build it in. So Megan Hale does a lot of this um, work where she bakes in the giving. I think she calls it the 2% pledge or maybe it's 1%, I don't know. Um, but you could build that in. So you could say as part of our financial structure, we will be giving 10% or 15% or 2% or however much you're comfortable with to one of these organizations that are very, very effectively and precisely doing work to heal the planet 
And whether that's about technologies or it's just about choosing something that's aligned with your own views and values, you can have a really, really effective impact. And you can literally, if you get this book, What We Owe the Future, he'll, you'll see how he calculates your impact in terms of net positivity, not just about money, but about actually doing good and how you can start to measure that. So buy the book. <laughs> it's so good. And, and let me know what you think. And I'll put lots of links to this underneath. But I would love to know if you're not already in my community, Rose Rita, and I've, I've opened this free community up kind of in the last week, I've just started to do a lot of work on it. But there is a section on sustainability. And I would love to, to discuss with you your ideas and how you would like to start to apply these ideas. And if you don't have your own business, you can be doing this in your personal projects or you can be impacting on the company that you work for as well. And again, it would be great to do some idea sharing. So do join the community, do email me, do let me know what your thoughts are on this and on these ideas. And yeah, look forward to having a chat.